This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning, and welcome to episode number 47 of Go To Grandma. I'm your host, your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth, and I'm writing out this introduction as I sit in my cottage on Georgian Bay. I'm so lucky to have this place that we just bought four years ago. We have four grown children and two grandchildren, and we're all enjoying this space to come together and to be inside or outside summer or winter. But what happens to the family cottage when you voluntarily or involuntarily have to give it up? Do you pass it to the kids? Do they split it evenly? What if someone doesn't want to have it? Do the others have to buy them out? We recently just backed out of a family cottage in Quebec on my husband's side as the siblings and grandchildren and now great-grandchildren count was getting unwieldy. And as the family who went there the least, we decided to allow the rest of them to split the spoils. Sometimes these decisions need to be made. But before we get into all of that, we're going to start the show today with an interview with Jim Reed, who has spent a lot of time at his cottage with his kids, grandkids, and wife, a friend of the go-to grandma show, Patty Lovett Reed. Some of those cottage mornings were spent writing his new book, Leading to Greatness, which draws on Jim's extensive leadership and coaching experience, and he's going to tell us how to incorporate principles of leadership into parenting and grandparenting. If the cottage life is something you are considering, you're in luck because we have another friend of the show, real estate expert Josie Vogels, on today to give us some great advice about what to consider when buying a cottage and what the cottage market is doing right now. Our Take 5 with RBC segment gets more into the details on the other end as we might make a decision to divest ourselves of the cottage property and what that might involve. Good problems to have, one would say, but one that is facing many grandparents today. Whether you call it a cottage, a cabin, or a camp, depending on where you live in Canada, we're going to go through all the facts while having some fun on today's Go-To Grandma. So if you're on your cottage deck or at your kitchen table, grab your coffee and stay tuned. Jim Reed is up first. Jim Reed knows what it takes to build a high-performing culture and successfully lead organizations through tremendous growth. An accomplished executive and trusted advisor to six CEOs, Jim has navigated significant change and immense pressure to build winning teams that outperform competitors. He has coached, advised, and developed thousands of aspiring leaders who have gone on to deliver extraordinary results and to make the world an even better place. Originally trained as a military pilot, Jim built his expertise working alongside some of the best thinkers on leadership. Recognized in 2021 as one of the 50 best executives in Canada by Report on Business magazine, he brings credibility, insight, and integrity to shape a framework for leadership based on five timeless principles that, if understood and lived, are almost guaranteed to let you get to a better place in your life. Jim's new book on leadership is a must-read for all leaders. It's called Leading to Greatness. Today, Jim splits his time between Toronto and Muskoka with his wife, Patty, their children, and their growing group of grandchildren. Good morning, Jim Reed. Thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, it's great to be with you, Kathy. So your new book is called Leading to Greatness, which I loved, by the way. I read it, and it's a great step-by-step guide on how to take leadership to the next level. One of the quotes that I pulled from there was, engagement is at the core of life, which I loved that. I want to get that on a pillow to put in my cottage. (laughs) But my question to you is, you know, writing this book and going through all the steps to um, leadership and greatness, did you incorporate any of these principles into your parenting and grandparenting? 
Oh, we definitely did. You know, I've always had this passion, you know, for developing people and helping them grow and be their best. And it's the same thing as a parent, you know, for Patty and I, when, when the kids were younger and they're growing up, our dinner tables, maybe conversations maybe have been dull to some people, but we <laughs> loved it. And I always, we always felt that the greatest gift, you know, you can give your children and your grandchildren as well is, is to help them, you know, be confident in life. Mm-hmm. And so these principles are timeless. They're easy to understand. They're easy to action. And so we always talked about it. You know, we always said to our kids, you know, we plastered our family values on the fridge. We just had three of them. Respect, take responsibility, and be your very best. Uh, Do your very best. Don't try to be the best. Right. And we we encourage them to discover their strengths and, and play to their strengths and what they love to do to get the right people in their life and move the wrong people out. And, uh, you know, to be engaged, as you said. I love that quote, too. It's a wonderful quote. I think it's true. It's a truism in life. And you tell a story in the book about one of your daughters who I think originally wanted to go into theater but ended up being a banker. How about that? Working in HR, but really leveraging those skills and those assets that she had that, you know, you really worked through together with her, which I think was really terrific. Yeah, I mean, the three circles framework that I describe in the book is one of the best coaching tools for parents or for grandparents with their kids. And often, you know, kids go to university or children go to university and they just fall into their first job. Mm -hmm. But their best path for success is to discover, you know, what their genetically encoded strengths are and to play to those strengths and to play to their passions every day. That's the path for them where they will experience their greatest um, success in life. And so this little simple little coaching tool, any parent can use, any grandparent can use with their kids Uh, as they grow up and get close to university age and just help point them in the right direction. It'll serve them so well uh, later in life. Yeah, and one of the foundational principles um, in the book is to live your purpose and your values every day, which you've already sort of spoken to. But how do you? How does one discover those? And how can you help guide your children to live their true authentic purpose and values? Yeah, and, and it's a question that I get asked a lot, Kathy. And there's some there's some coaching tips in the in this the third section of the book that anybody can kind of read and work work through. But on values, when you and trying to get clarity on values, and it's all about clarity because values help you make consistent decisions and be authentic in life, and they're the foundation that you build your success on. But the, the best way to get clear on your values is to look at your best successes in life or to date in your life. And to say to yourself, when I'm at my very best, what are the behaviors that I'm drawing on? What are the values that I'm living? So you always look to successes, best successes, and infer from those your behaviors and your beliefs, because your behaviors always flow from your, from your values. On purpose, it's, it's, it's a bit of a different situation. You have to kind of go a little bit further out in your life and look back. You know, one of the things that I, we, Patty and I have always believed is you know, no regrets, you know, have no regrets. And so you, you want to go out to 60 or, 60 or 70 years old and look back at your life and say, what kind of difference did I make? What mm-hmm. am I pr- most proud of? And then get clarity that way. And then so that every step that you take in your life, every big decision that you make in your life kind of drives you to your life's purpose. And one of the other things, one of the other quotes in your book that I loved was high performance is a choice, which yes. is very simple, but it's very true. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we always said this to our kids, to our children, you know, as we were growing up, is that one of the most amazing things about being who we are is the, is the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. And you can choose to be successful and you can choose to, to take your leadership to the next level. You can choose to, to put everything you have into making that sport team that's important to you or that program that's important to you. So it definitely starts with choice. And nobody can make that choice except for the individual. 
And I know at your cottage, you might be known as Papa. Is that right? To your, <laughs> yeah, to right, your right, grandkids. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so tell me about your grandkids. And of course, your cottage. Like, what does having this yeah. family touchstone mean to you? Oh, and it is a touchstone is the right word, Kathy. I mean, for us, it's, it's a place where the family comes together. And uh, we used to have a place in Florida, which we loved, but we could never get the kids and their kids down there. Right. It was just a little bit too far. So we sold it. We had a family meeting. Uh, everybody said, let's build the cottage. It's something I always dreamed of doing. I did. And we have enough room for everybody to come with all their kids. And we have boats. We have fun. We have laughter. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's the relationships, right, mm-hmm. in our, with our family and the people you love that are the most important in our life. And sometimes we lose track of that and we get caught up in things. But for us, the cottage is, is what brings the family together. And in any given year, I would say Patty and I have 50, 52 weeks in a year, about 30 of those weeks, we have at least one of our children with us at the cottage. So and in the summertime, it's packed. So yeah. it's, just, it's just great. It's yeah. just great. No, I'm with you on that. We just bought our family cottage about four years ago. And I have four kids who are grown and two grandkids. And the same thing, it's a place where we can all come together winter or summer. It means quite a bit to us as well. I really enjoyed your book, Jim. And I know that not just the cottage, you also have a place across the street from one of your kids. Yeah, we do. We, <laughs> well, we have one of our, I know it's, well, I, I told my son-in-law, we, I can either buy that house or I can move into your basement. <laughs> <laughs> nice choice, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was, uh, he was pretty happy that we bought across the street. But yeah, our our uh, our youngest daughter is having her second child in September, and she lives a little bit further away. She's in Peterborough, just right. in Bridgeport, just north of Peterborough. So this gives us a chance to to be there and to be involved in their life and to see their their new baby and to, to just to be there. Yeah, and, and you're... so it's great. It is great, and you're engaging because that's the core of life. And I loved yeah. your book, and I recommend it. It's called Leading to Greatness: Five Principles to Transform Your Leadership and Build Great Teams. And you are Jim Reed, and we can find this book, I assume, wherever books are sold. And please say hi to Patty for me as well. I will do that, Kathy. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Josie Vogels has been a realtor for 10 years in both the Niagara and Bancroft regions of Ontario. The youngest of eight children, Josie owes her work ethic to her hardworking Dutch immigrant parents, her commitment to knowing the market, to her decades as a journalist, and her empathy and understanding of her clients' needs and wants, to her years as a nationally syndicated relationship advice columnist and author. She is currently with Coldwell Banker Momentum Realty in Niagara Falls. Good morning, Josie Vogels. Thanks for coming back on the show today to talk about cottages. Always a pleasure. Yes, and the cottage marketplace, we hear a lot about, obviously, summer's on us right now. We're hearing a lot of things about it. But tell me, Josie, what are the top three things we need to consider if we're looking at buying a cottage? I would say the number one thing, and this is what we always say about waterfront property, is you can you know change the structure, but you cannot change the lake, the size <laughs> of the lake. You can't change the location, how long is the drive, yeah. where, you know, what is nearby, and then the shoreline. I would say those are the three main factors when people are looking, right? Right. Privacy, location, lake size, and shoreline. Are you, uh, are your, are you looking at, you know, a great swimming place? Are you looking at a place where maybe you can have a little more privacy, but the shoreline's not so great, but it's good for fishing? What kind of water activities do you want to do? So those, I would say, were the top three things you need to consider. 
And actually, I'll just add to that. We have bought a cottage, but we're actually not on the water, which was a, a purposeful consideration of ours because it was going to be so much more money to be on the water. And we wanted more of the space to include our large families. So you're right. You have to really look at what are your priorities? Why are you getting the cottage? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to spend your time? Exactly. And I would say that, well, I mean, your strategy is excellent. And when we get into affordability, those are some of the things when you consider uh, a cottage that you want to then think about. It's like, okay, well, could we handle something off the water, near the water, and we're going to get something for a lot less? Can we handle something where we have to take a boat to get Mm -hmm. to it? Because you're going to get something for a lot less. Are you going to get a three-season cottage or are you going to get something that you want to use all year round because a three-season cottage is also going to be less? Can you buy a three-season cottage that you can turn into a four-season cottage because then you can put your own maybe sweat equity and a bit of money into turning it into that, but you might get it for a little less at the front, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And we use our cottage year-round. And I think, you know, we joke we use it more in the winter than the summer because we're close (laughs) to Blue Mountain and we ski. So yeah, you're you're right. It depends entirely on what your family circumstances are. But the market is the market. So what is the cottage market doing right now? And any advice on how to get the most value? For sure. So I would say, I mean, as with everything, we're seeing prices prices soften Mm -hmm. um, and um, cottage country a little bit less. Waterfront, because it is more scarce, the biggest issue we're having in our market, regardless of all the doom and gloom and interest rates and everything like that, is we're still having a supply issue. And I would say waterfront, they're not making any more, is the expression we always (laughs) say in, in waterfront real estate, is still at a a very, very low number. Mm -hmm. So we are still seeing premium prices for cottages. They've come down a little bit, but in order to get a deal, I mean, the one thing I would say, number one, is you want to work with a local agent who knows that specific market. Do your research ahead of time. Again, as I said, size of lake, location, driving distance is a big issue right now because of gas prices. So I would say work with a local agent, talk to your lender because there's specific uh, rules around borrowing for um, a second property or waterfront property. So I would say that would be the number one thing. And then um, really, um, I would say this is something that people don't do. Is I mean, I know gas prices are tough, but drive around. If you mm. see neighbors, talk to them. Talk to them about the lake. Um, agents aren't going to know everything about every specific place. So even if you're getting sort of interested in something, I really would say um, try and connect with with people in the area, even businesses in the area. Do some research to see um, if it's the right fit for you. And that's a great point because the cottage that we moved to has like a local residence association type of arrangement because we're on a private road. So there's other considerations there that we wouldn't have known about unless we talked to some people from first to make sure that, you know, sort of the specifics of exactly where your cottage is located. 100%. And yeah. just, I mean, if you just Google um, the association, mm-hmm. out of, like whatever lake you're thinking about, an association, almost all of them do have an association. Or like you said, sometimes there's a private road association. Those are all really great resources for buyers. And so you mentioned earlier, you said, get, you know, get with an agent who really knows the area. So I shouldn't drag my Toronto downtown city realtor up to Bancroft to look for a cottage. I maybe could get a reference, but I really want to work with a local agent. You really, really do. It was just, I mean, it's just, it really is a problem, um, even when it comes to listing your cottage as well, if you're thinking about selling, but buying, for sure, you want someone. If you have a Toronto agent, for sure, use them to, um, or a city agent, use them for advice, but ask them to refer you to a local agent. Um, They're still going to get 
you know, some, they'll still get paid for it if, if they're concerned about that. But you really do. I really, really strongly advise when it especially comes to cottage um, property that you work with somebody who is local. The other one thing I, I did meant, um, forgot to mention about a very, uh, very important thing to consider um, when it comes to cottages. People are working a lot from home. Wi-Fi. Right. Great point. <laughs> Just Great throwing that in there because point. I know you and I, Kathy, Wi-Fi is probably the first consideration wherever we're going to be or not. Sometimes yep. what you want is somewhere that you cannot get Wi-Fi so you can be totally off the grid. Well, actually, in our road, I'm not kidding, almost all of us have different Wi-Fi providers because it's line of sight up there. So, uh, right. you, yeah, so you don't even know if that's a concern or not. I agree with you. To check the Wi-Fi. Another thing I would say to consider is a lot of cottages are sold furnished, right? Right down to the knives and forks, and some of them aren't. So that's obviously going to be a huge consideration if you have to afford you know, a, a budget to include furniture at this point. 100%. Very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. So a, a lot of factors to consider. And of course, yeah. if, if we want to get more information on Josie, Josie is all over um, social media under Just Ask Josie. Look at you with a YouTube channel. What about that, eh? On <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Just Ask Josie. On the Instagram, Josie Vogels, and that's J-O-S-E-Y-V-O-G-E-L-S. It's so nice to have you on the show again. I did your intro bio, and I just want to say a thing that people might not know is Josie and I actually co-hosted a reality television show, didn't we, about, what, 15 years ago? Was that long? Oh, my goodness. Oh, now you're dating us. I know. But yeah, I know. amazing. Such a great memory. We had such a good time back then. We uh, did. And it's always great to reconnect. Absolutely. And the show's called Birthdays. You can probably find it online somewhere. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'll just plug it, it for is. us, right? See how we looked when 15 years ago. When we're feeling the days we're feeling old, we can watch <laughs> exactly. it and uh, feel young again. Exactly. And I'm so glad to have you now in this new capacity of yours where you're just killing it in the real estate market. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Kathy. Take care. Thanks, Josie. Bye. Elaine Blades is a senior manager for the professional practice group at RBC Royal Trust. She is a principal resource for technical and legal expertise for trust and estate matters. Elaine began her legal career in private practice and has worked in the financial services industry more than three decades. She has been involved in many estate and trust educational and training initiatives, including working as an instructor at Seneca College's Law Clerks Program and teaching at the Law Society of Ontario's Bar Admission Course. Elaine is presently chair of STEP, Canada's Education Committee, a primary provider of trust and estate education. She frequently writes and presents to various audiences on estate and trust topics. Her articles and blogs may be found at advisor.ca, allaboutestates.ca, and on LinkedIn. Good morning, Elaine. Thanks for joining us. The family cottage is often a beloved piece of property with many wonderful memories shared by the entire family. Being that the cottage can carry more sentimental value than a home, what should people consider when including it in their estate? Oh, hi. Good morning, Kathy. Well, cottages can definitely be one of the more emotionally charged estate assets. Nevertheless, when planning on how and if you want to pass it down to the next generation, there are a number of um, practical uh, factors that you need to consider. So, so things like, are all or some of the members of the next generation interested in inheriting the cottage? Are all or some of the members of the next generation able to afford the ongoing maintenance of the cottage? Will the next generation be able to amicably share the property? And when you're thinking about that one, don't forget about your children's <laughs> partners. Is there a way to equalize the share of a child who is either unable or not interested in inheriting the cottage? And don't forget the actual cost. 
Here I'm thinking about things like income tax, probate fees, transfer tax, which may apply to any transaction to transfer the cottage. Many cottages have seen huge increases in value over the past decades, often gaining more in value than the family home. If it's not possible to make use of the principal residence exemption, these gains will be taxable when the property is sold or transferred to the next generation. Probate fees are another consideration. Where the goal is to keep the cottage in the family, you don't want to find yourself or your estate in the position where the cottage needs to be sold to cover the taxes. So thinking about and planning for these matters now can help ensure a smooth transition of the property and hopefully um, retain family harmony. Yeah, most people want to avoid to cause family conflict over their property after they're gone. What is your advice for people considering transferring the family cottage to their children now? And that's a question we get we get quite a bit. So my best advice is to seek professional legal advice regarding the available options, consequences, and also the pros and cons to each of these. So transfer during the parent's lifetime can be done by way of an outright gift, a sale at either fair market value or reduced price. It could be a transfer to a trust or possibly just by adding the adult children as joint owners. There are, however, legal and tax consequences to each of these methods, and they really should be understood before any action is taken. For example, an outright transfer or a transfer to a trust will likely result in what we call a deemed disposition. This means that income tax will need to be paid by the parent on any net capital gain. The potential for land transfer tax should also be considered, and there may also be family law and creditor issues to think about. Parents should also be cautioned that these transactions generally can't be unilaterally undone should circumstances change, and that's a big one. I've mentioned trusts a couple of times, Without getting too deep into the weeds, it's worth noting that whether the plan is to transfer the cottage at death or earlier, a transfer to a trust can accomplish some valuable planning goals, such as keeping the cottage in the family for at least a couple of generations, or perhaps insulating the cottage from creditor or family law claims. So what advice on planning to pass down your family cottage do you want listeners to take away from our conversation today? Probably the best starting point is to talk to your family about your wishes for the cottage and ask them what future they see for the cottage. I found that very often parents just assume the kids want to inherit the cottage, and that isn't always the case. So they also need to keep in mind that not everyone is going to want the same thing or be in the same position financially or personally. So the child who's a teacher with the summer off and only a 90-minute drive to the cottage, they may feel very differently than the child who lives in another province and is lucky to find the time to visit the cottage every few years. The parents really need to remember that fair doesn't always mean equal. You may need to do something different with your different kids in order really to have um, a fair distribution. So talk to your advisor about the options and create a plan that works for your family. Consider sharing the plan with your family and be sure to update your estate plan should circumstances change. A solid plan and an open dialogue about everyone's wishes is essential to avoiding conflict. Although the reality is that with the cottage and family, um, conflict may happen anyway. And I would just say my final point that people need to keep in mind is You own a cottage if you're thinking about this, so this is a nice problem to have. 
<laughs> yes, it is. And I do own a cottage. So this is great food for thought. And I truly appreciate you taking the time today as part of our Take 5 with RBC series. And if we want more information, we can go to rbc.com slash royal trust. Thanks again, Elaine. You're welcome. I resisted the idea of owning a cottage for a long time. The financial investment was at the top of the list, but the idea of hauling four young kids up north on a busy Ontario highway in the heat of summer weekends was something that just did not appeal to me. As well, wasn't I just adding the burden of running two households on top of two parents working full-time? The timing wasn't right for us back then. But buying a cottage when the kids were mostly grown and could make their own way up was the right timing for us. And now the cottage is strewn with baby items and toddler toys from the grandkids, and I love it. And guess what? It's not my job to haul that stuff up and back. For many summers, we did rent cottages in Ontario for a week at a time to explore different parts of the province, but also to see if the lifestyle suited us. Maybe a good way to go if you're thinking about getting into the market. Thanks to Jim, Josie, and Elaine for sharing their experience. Money can't buy happiness, but it sure doesn't hurt. On next week's show, we look at two different sides of grandparents and marriage. If you're a grandparent getting married, financial expert Rubina Ahmed-Hack has some advice on how and if you should combine your finances and considerations to make for your respective families. On the flip side of that coin, what if you have decided to end the marriage? Divorce financial specialist Eva Sachs will tell us about what she calls gray divorce and what makes it different. And what if grandparents have provided financial support to their grandkids? How can they protect their investment if the grandkids divorce? Uh, Maybe it makes you want to just give it all away. Our Take 5 with RBC segment digs into philanthropy and why and how it makes sense from a financial and human perspective. I hope you join us next week, whether from the cottage or the city. If you're listening on the podcast, please drop us a review and or a subscription. We really appreciate it. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her, Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.